1: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt.
0: Welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the Helping Spirits to be with us So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those people who walked the earth before us. And I ask them to be with us and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I ask those people who met the challenges of their time in a good way. Those people who innovated and changed and understood that which is called on, of the living. I ask these people to come and stand around us here today to help us the living meet the challenges of our own time. May we understand the deep and ancient teachings that need to be brought forward because this is what humans simply need to do to live well on this earth. And may we have the courage to innovate and be, do things in new ways where that is necessary. And so I call out to these ancestors to gather around us. And I call out to those ancestors who are not human. Those who were here before anyone ever saw the first human. I call out to those ancestors that are also life here on earth. And I ask them to help us to remember what is right and true in our own nature. How to surrender our human gifts and our human hearts to this great fabric of life. And do an ever better job in living in a way that is good for all living things. And for all of these ancestors, human and non-human, I give great gratitude. And as they gather round us here today, let us gather ourselves. Let us draw our heads in from however many places they might be at the moment into our own mind and from our mind to our heart and draw our awareness down from our heart to our belly. And Let us take a moment, a nice breath in and a breath out and touch the earth in our mind, maybe with our real hands on our feet, but to take a moment in some way and touch the earth and slow down and give gratitude for this day, gratitude for life, gratitude for the beauty and the abundance all around us and even the abundance of challenges that our time holds for us. We give gratitude to the earth and the generosity in her dreaming that anything that needs to change can be changed as long as we are still breathing and may we work together to do this and we give great thanks for the wonder of life and we draw our energy down, down through all the layers of earth, letting our gratitude pour out from our hearts as we go all the way down to the very center of the earth we take a moment there to connect into this energy that is before all the abundance that we share here on earth, that which renews and refreshes, restores, replenishes And we draw this energy up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth into our body. And may we use this energy to learn to ground ourselves, to choose to be grounded, to live in our bodies, to know who we are, where we stand, and what we stand for in our life. And to build our sense of home and belonging around this. And may we create a sense of home that is not simply defined by gathering people around us who look and think the same. But let us build a sense of home that has an open place at the table, an open door to those who are different than we are, that we may be provoked by their differences to become a better person and to truly become the men and women that we are here to be. May we use this energy of the earth to understand connection and interconnection and the interdependence of things, to understand how to be in right relationship with the earth and the environment around us and with the invisible world And may we have in each day a moment of connecting to that great web of life and take our sense of right relationship from that. And as we draw the energy of the earth up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our minds and up and out the top of our head, out through the sky and whatever weather it holds for us, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, out through all the wonders of the universe and the great mysteries all the way to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name we know this energy in whatever way we conceive of it let us connect with it and feel it connect to us And we draw this energy down from above the radiant energies above we draw them into our life to bring in the energy of blessing and protection generosity and gratitude commitment devotion We call these energies in to feel the benevolence of our universe, the wisdom of the cosmos. We call these energies in, into our body, into our day, into these proceedings. And we draw it down from our head to our heart, our heart to our belly, and our belly down into the center of the earth. And in this way, we become the connection through our center channel of heaven and earth, earth and sky, these two great legendary lovers. And may their big love awaken the spirit of our hearts. And may that crucible of transformation open in our hearts to call up the fiery passions of our own belly that burn for why we are here and draw down the crystal clarity of the mind to bring these energies together in the heart in such a way that they give birth to a third and most sacred thing, our memory of why we are here. And may we find in that human heart courage to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all the countless spirit help that gathers around us so that we can each do that, I give great thanks. What needs to be, May what needs to be said be said here today, and what needs to be heard be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And just as I am grateful for the spirit world around us, I am grateful for you all around the show, because it is because of you, people like Amanda and Stephen and Samantha, Charisse, Olivier, Julia, Leah, Mark, Sarah, Kim and all the listeners who are able to donate to this show for those of you listening for the first time Why Shamanism Now is listener supported the shows, the archives over 300 hours of teachings on the practical application of shamanism are available free to anyone who can get on the internet all around the world through iTunes at whyshamanismnow.com and at the code-creatornetwork.com and the only reason that happens is because listeners are able to donate so that we can pay the bills to make that happen And so I give great gratitude for those of you who are able to donate financially. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button, and donate any amount, large or small. We are grateful for all of it. And for those of you that can't donate financially, please know that there are many ways energy gets exchanged. And I ask you to do something to share the show, use the teachings, bring them into your journey circle, wrestle with the ideas, try to break them, see what happens, come up with questions, offer new show ideas, and do your best in some way to help the show to grow as we all draw in these shamanic skills and teachings and apply them to our everyday contemporary life. So we are not live today, but if you have questions about today's shows, you are welcome to email me at Christina at LastMaskCenter.org or to email our guest. Our guest is Itzhak Berry. Hi, Itzhak. Thanks for being with
1: us. I'm so so happy to be here. Yeah, and today
0: we're going to talk about Itzhak's new book, um, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power ayahuasca dreams and journeys to other realms. So for those of you who don't know Itzhak, he is the heart heart and mind behind Shaman Portal, which many of you are familiar with. He is an internationally recognized shamanic healer and teacher. He is initiated in Andean and Amazonian shamanism and has trained extensively with other elders from North and South America. He is also an accomplished visual artist and owner of an award-winning advertising agency in New York City. Itzhak is the founder, as I said, of shamanporthole.org uh, and the co-founder of the New York Shamanic Circle. And he is on the faculty of the New York Open Center. And his work has been featured in the New York Times, in films, TV, and webinars, particularly with the Evolver Network. Um, and actually, just today, uh, we are just launching the registration for the new one. I don't even have the name of it in my mind right now. What What's it called, Itzhak?
1: Um I'm not – uh, quite sure I'll, I'll find out
0: <laughs> I know, I'm not sure either. It's like it's so new we can't even remember what we're doing but anyway um Itzhak will be um having se- several people did you remember it
1: Oh yeah um it's it's about the visionary power for healing
0: Yes and and he's having several guests on um over 5 it's a 5 uh seminar series yes. Yes. and you can go to um <clears throat> well, we'll put a link on the website, but basically you can go to Evolver and register as of starting today.
1: Oh, we have a great, wonderful uh, guest. We have Sergio Wagner. we have Christina Pratt, we have Lynn Roberts, we have uh, uh, Nick Polizzi. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, it's going to be a really fantastic uh, seminar.
0: I'm excited. I think it's going to be Wonderful. So for those of you that might want to email Itzhak directly, you can email him at ibery, I-B-E-E-R-Y, at gmail.com. And if you're interested in the book, you can go to thegiftofshamanism.com. All one word, thegiftofshamanism.com, and there are links to purchase it from there. Um, So Itzhak... Um, thank you again mm-hmm. for joining me here today. Um, so let's start by giving listeners a little bit of context. Um, so the listeners are pretty much familiar with shamanism and shamanic practice and shamanic healing, you know, so you don't have to explain journey or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> thank and so God. Yeah, so they're pretty, it's a pretty informed audience to, you know, greater and lesser degrees with a lot of practitioners listening. Um, so given that audience, um, why don't you just share with people just kind of what, what kind of work you do with your clients and, and, and what is your personal shamanic practice like?
1: Well, um, my personal uh, shamanic practice is, uh, is a kind of a, a combination of uh, what I've studied with the shamans in the Andes and uh, the Amazon um, and with contemporary shamanism or core shamanism and, uh, and work that I uh, developed throughout the years uh, to make... Uh, People's life better, so it's. Uh, it, I I do use soul retrieval, and I do shamanic journeys, and I do la Limpia and I do uh, working with the Takuma needles and uh, other Amazonian traditions. So so it's it's a, it's all a combination of that of uh, of the ancient and the modern uh, together. We are we are. We are a bridge between all these cultures and we have to adapt to our contemporary life. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. So you teach um, quite a bit internationally. And I was wondering if you find any sort of contrast between teaching in the United States and teaching elsewhere.
1: Um, Not really. I mean, maybe... um, uh, there is a lot more enthusiasm, let's say, in uh, in Poland and in uh, Istanbul and uh, in Israel. Uh, people are so thirsty to uh, to experience that, uh, that that experience of shamanism or the visioning of shamanism and uh, the technique that I teach. Um, in the United States, uh, we are very lucky because uh, we, the shamanic movement, is uh, here for quite a while, and so many people uh, experience it one way or the other. So we have a, a bigger uh, palette to um, to experience. But in these other countries, um, in um, I, you know, I'm teaching there for nine years in um, in Zurich, in Amsterdam. Um, uh, So in all of those places, uh, it wasn't that uh, popular, although I'm very happy to say that um, there are more and more teachers are coming to Europe and teaching and the the, uh, population, uh, there are very interested in that and there are more uh, circles and there are more um, uh, 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 workshops and seminars there. I'm very, I'm very happy about that because it, that means that it really answer their uh, desires.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what inspired you to write this particular book at this time?
1: <clears throat> um, you know, when I, when I started to to do this shamanic work, I was not. I, I never imagined that I would be a shamanic practitioner or, or a shaman or I always thought that other people have that incredible power. You know, they are this mystic, they are strange people. And I never thought it would be me. Um and I I, I didn't even know that the word shaman exists at that time. But I as I went through my journey and it all happened really by coincidence, one thing led to the other, um, I started to experience things and um one of the uh, readers that I went to, he he saw the book before I even had this uh, dream of writing it,
0: and he was saying, "Oh, you're
1: going to write a book! You're going to write a book!" I see pages, pages, pages all around you, and I said, "No, no, I don't speak English. I don't know how to write English. I'm, 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 I'm not a writer. I'm, you know, like I was resisting it, and and I think that that's part of my journey. Is my my part of the journey is resisting the journey." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i'm a, a very skeptic, and so um I started to jot down uh the, my my stories and because I myself could not understand and, and believe in them and uh, as I wrote them uh one after the other after the other throughout the years uh, it it started to i started to convince myself that hey that's absolutely true uh, we really have to pay attention to it. And most people that I was telling them these uh, incredible stories, they thought that I'm making either making them up or you know I'm a special person. But I, in, but in my teachings I, I do that, you know, and and I'm sure you know too. When you do a workshop, people start to see things, and uh, all of a the sudden there's a, a window uh, open to them, and they are starting to um, to understand that the world is bigger than what they see, uh, and that's. Amazing experience to see people, you know, like forty, fifty people, all sharing these experiences, and and they are all relevant to the person that they are journeying in for, and um, and changing their world and perception. It's amazing.
0: So this book falls um, kind of in that category of a uh, personal accounting of your 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 uh, encounter with shamanism and sort of how you get to where you are today. And um, so what do you think makes this particular book different from, you know, the the hundreds of books that we have in this, in this sort of genre of <laughs> book?
1: Well, actually, I'm, I'm very happy that there are so many books about that. That means there's so many people had these experiences. Um, and, you know, when we, when I started in, that was 1997, there was a, three or four books about all the whole thing. And, and uh, you know, you went to, a, to, a, to Barnes and & Noble and looked for, for the shelf, there was three of them. Now yeah. there's, there are hundreds, mm-hmm. and there are, it's wonderful. But I think that what, uh, what I was trying to do in this book, um, I was trying to take away all the big words, all the academic explanation of what shamanism is. And really tell the, the story of shamanism through my experience. So each, the book is divided into different categories like past life, holograms, uh, uh, shamanic journeying, um, all kind of uh, different experiences, the, uh, techniques that people are dreaming that people are, that shamans use. Uh, so I give a little bit of a description of what it is or what it is mm-hmm. not. And then I tell the stories, and the, the story, in the stories, I'm basically weaving the techniques that I'm using to teach through the stories um, the, the technique of visioning. And I think that this is really the, uh, the, the ancient shamanic uh, technique of, of passing information, is by uh, connecting the, the readers emotionally with the story um, of the of, uh, of the of the clients or the shaman to to learn the technique through that and and for me that 's what I learned I, I, you know when I was in, um, in Brazil and, and witnessing all these healings and I, or in the Andes or here uh, in new york i I emotionally connect connected to uh, the person and I also connected to the uh, healing technique that uh, the, the shamans use. So I think that this, I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, it isn't, it's, it in the category of books that are telling this, the shaman story from, um, from beginning, not to end, but, and it's not, a, it's also, it's not chronological. It's really more by category and gives examples of, uh, of stories and how you can actually use these uh, techniques in, in your practice.
0: So why don't you share um, oh, an, an example? A story from the book that, um, or a shortened version of a story from the book about using some technique that is not necessarily so common, but you use it regularly.
1: Well, I I use um, uh, long distance viewing, for instance, um, mm-hmm. and um, and it's something that each person can use uh, pretty easily at home when uh, if if they get their mind to it. Um, so. Um, so I use it, uh, mostly for people that I know that, uh, they would not object to it. So I would not interfere with their lives. So one story, I mean, I can say this, it's, a. I I I, was journeying one day for my sisters. Uh, she lives in Israel and, um, I was going through her body and, and, uh, realizing that she had pain here in her knees. And I said, um, sister, what's going on with your knees? And she says, "What? Did you see it?" I said, "Yes." Um, and blah 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 And but I think that the, the more interesting story is that I scanned her husband, and um, I realized that he had a big black negative uh, ball around between his heart and his his lungs. And uh, so after this uh, uh, viewing, I went downstairs and I called, I called her and I said, listen, you know, you got to take your husband to uh, immediately to check up because there's something growing on there. And uh, she says, well, I can't do that. He just went to uh, a medical doctor and he gave him clean bill of health. And I said, no, 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 no. You have to go. You have to take him. And she says, he's not going to do it. Well, a month later, uh, they were traveling in Europe uh, that uh, big tumor uh, broke down and, and uh, he, had, uh, had he had he caught it before uh, i don 't know if he could save his life, but it, it would not be the same journey that he went through or they went through. so you can you can uh, use this uh, long distance viewing uh, to to see places to see um, em- emotional and physical conditions. Um, I journeyed to my teacher in Ecuador and I know when he's coming to New York, I can see him uh in his home, I can see him in the airport, how many bags he had. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so you can you can actually use that uh information. But I think that most importantly is to use it for the well being of the person that you are um you are uh, journey um journeying in for. There's a story that is in the, in this book which is Kind of interesting that it kind of combined both um, long, view, uh, long distance viewing and spirit and past life in many ways. That is, I, I was scanning one time uh, a friend of mine here in New York, he lives uh, quite a few blocks away in the morning, and I saw there is a big cloud of white cloud above him. And in that white cloud, there were black eyes and black eyebrow of an older man and I was very shocked by the anger of that person and um, he told me later that he he had a a horrible uh, headache and he felt really sick in the middle of the night and it turned out that uh, that was a soul of of somebody who just departed the, the same night that he started to get sick um, and he was so surprised by this his heart attack that he wanted to understand why. And since my friend was his uh, spiritual teacher, he wanted uh, him to tell him what happened to him. So there was a, there was a, there was interaction between the other world or the unseen world with this particular world, and which created uh, incredible uh, physical body pain for my for my friend.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So what do you feel um you know what's the thing you feel most passionately about uh in in your book?
1: I I feel I, I wanted to call this book uh We Are All Shamans. Uh it didn't work very well with the publisher because he they felt uh, a better name uh would suit for this book, but I I really feel passionate about the the idea that all humans have the capacity to become shamans. I'm not saying that every person needs to be a shaman, and shaman is, is, a, is a pretty big word to use because it, it's not necessarily uh, just the person who does healing or just the person who has visions. A shaman in the Tungus tradition, as far as the, the uh, shaman from the Tungus who told me that, it's the keeper of the fire. Uh, the person that keeps the well-being of a, a community. So, um, But I, I do believe that each person dreams, each person has visions, each person sees. Each of us, all of us have that ability. Each of us know how to hug and how to heal. So I I believe that this is what I really want to convey to people, that if it happened to me, it could happen to you if it if i have that gift which i totally refuse to accept um it is something that you have and when you have and when you acknowledge this uh, gifts that you have you also have the responsibility of using it and i think that that is the most important part is that people could not say oh i don't see oh i don't feel oh i don't that's why i don't i'm not responsible and I think that it comes to the, to the fact of responsibility to the earth and to the, uh, to the people around us to open our heart. Like you said in your beautiful invocation in the beginning, we really do need to open our heart. And the way to open our heart is by connecting to the mystery.
0: So, so talk a little bit about how you feel you know, especially there in New York City, which is a unique spirit in and of itself, <laughs> you know, is how you feel, you know, if we have this need to tune in and open our heart and open our senses, how that's um, kind of coming in conflict with the kind of sensory overload in our culture today.
1: Well, there's a beautiful story that <clears throat> Piara was talking, uh, telling us um- many times about the shaman from the Amazon who came to New York city. And, uh, he was, his, uh, host took him to fifth Avenue. And of course all the hustle and bustle of the traffic and the vendors and like millions of people walking up and down the street. and he's, he stood up and he said, I hear a cricket crying. Hmm. And, and the host said, what? Are you imagining? How can you hear something like that? And he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. And he went down to the sidewalk. And between the sidewalk, he found in the crack, he found this little cricket. And the cricket was upside down, and he was asking for help. So the shaman bent over, and he pulled him out, and he straightened him out, and the cricket continued to walk. And his host said, I think that you are an incredible shaman. You are such a powerful shaman. You could hear cricket in the, in the city of New York with all of that uh, noise. How can you do that? And he said, you know what, let me show it to you. So he said, do you have five cents? He said, yes, of course I have five cents. He says, can you give it to me? He said, sure, here it is. So he took the five cents and he threw them in the air. And the coins fell on the sidewalk. And you should have seen the crowd that went down to pick up the, cro- the coins. And he said, how did they hear that? How did they stop to hear the coins for fall- the, the money falling on the, on the sidewalk? So I think that this story is beautiful because it's telling us that we, we hear what, what our ears are sensitive to or what our consciousness is willing to listen to. <clears throat> and in New York City, you, you have so many birds and so many trees and so much nature all around us. We don't have to shut our senses to be able to uh, connect with them and, and uh, experience them. I have many plan, uh, plants in my office, which I talk to them, play music to them, touch them <laughs> every day. Uh, I walk on my way home and the birds are singing to me all the time. And I, they're telling me all these stories. And I have a special tree that I go to hog every morning. So there, I think that the, the, it is not the city itself, which is, of course, it's more difficult. But I think that it's, if we can open people's heart and mind or consciousness to, to listen to nature, to be more in tune with that, I think that that's really our, our challenge here. It's not so, such a big challenge to go to the Amazon and experience that or to the Andes, or to, to a beautiful forest in the United States, of course you can feel the, the beauty and the quietness and the sounds, and <clears throat> that is the natural place to, to do that. But I, but I think we need to bring this shamanism to a, where we live, wherever it is. And I, <clears throat> I think that um, another shaman said it it's quite beautifully. You know, well, I, was, <laughs> I was complaining to him. Alberto Tazzo, who is a shaman from um, the Andes of Ecuador, I, when I was visiting there, him there in 1998, I said to him, well, you know, it's not very, you know, you live in nature. Of course you can be a big shaman, but what, what shall we do in New York? And he said to me, which just shocked me, he said, everything has spirit. Your buildings have spirit. Your sidewalks have spirit. Your cars have spirit. Everything that is in New York City has spirit. That's what you need to connect to. And I truly believe in that. I, I really uh, think that what he said was resonate with me. You don't have to go to the, to Peru. You don't have to go to the Andes. You don't have to go to faraway places. Of course, you can do it, but that the the wisdom is to connect with it with in your urban area and in the places where you work with the people that you live with and not wait until you get to another place to do that
0: and so how um you know does the book offer people practices for how they can connect more deeply wherever they are um and and more deeply into their own inner experiences
1: well, I think that the book is, uh, um, it, it, it really, it doesn't teach uh, techniques. It just gives them the, the idea that these techniques are available and they actually already experience them. It's really mm-hmm. about more paying attention to, the, um, to, to their inner gifts so they can pay attention to it. Uh, they can learn from the dreams. They can learn from their visions. They can learn from uh, their past life experiences. Um, it is more about acknowledging that these gifts exist and learning how to use them in their daily life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, is there, are there things about the book? Um, you know, just you're pretty um, well experienced. Experienced, well versed in just how contemporary Westerners, in particular, have been kind of engaging with shamanism over the last, you know, several decades. So, is, do you think that there's something unique about this book and how it invites us to maybe look at shamanism differently? I
1: I, I hope so. I, I as I said, I, I wrote it in a very simple way. Uh, telling my story with humor with um, with with uh, without trying to show that I am better than any it 's just really stories that happen to me and it and it 's really giving example for people how to use their visions how to use their gifts it's um it 's my account but I think that it's it, People that read the book, uh, they were all uh, uh, re- reminding me that they already have these experiences. Like uh, a client of mine read, read, read this book and she says, you know what? I wish I read the, the book before I came to see, your, uh, to see you uh, at this session because I would see my life in a totally different way. And I said, that's exactly what I'm trying to do.
0: So if people could do that, you know, if they, if, if, if people could, um, you know, like you said, you know, all these years you had all these experiences going on, but you didn't really give them any credit, right? So if people could embrace, you know, their dreams, their visions, their intuitions, their own journey answers, you know, all of these things, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how do you think things could change?
1: Well, uh. For instance could uh, I could have, I could have uh, dismissed the, the my past life experience, but this li- past life experience that I experienced at, in the Andes uh, at the Tamayos and the upper you know, in, the, in their homes there was connecting to a deep fear that I have of fear of heights and um, if I had not taken it seriously. I would not probably get rid of that fear, and so when I when I experienced that uh, past life, which are later on uh, verified, uh, when I went to Vienna to to, <laughs> to to the museum of Vienna to to make sure that uh, all the details are absolutely correct, uh, you probably can read it in the book, the, the story of Margaret. Um, my life changed because I. Truly, embrace that story. My physical reaction to height changed, and so mm-hmm. I, I, so I think that uh, I mean I can give you a, an example, uh, story after story like that. For instance, I was working with a woman, and her the spirit of her dead grandmother showed up, and she told me the, the grandmother told me that she left her a, a pearl necklace and she wanted her to have that. My client never knew that she had a pearl necklace or there is a pearl necklace in the her family. But she went to, because, because she believed in that vision, she went to her mother and she asked her if she can, she told her that she had a dream, that her grandmother appeared in the dream and told her that she left her uh, pearl necklace. Well, her mother went to her drawer and pulled out the necklace, and she gave it to her. This is necklace that was hiding for 50 years. Um, and so and it is uh, a retrieval of object. It, it, for the family, it's a sacred object. And for the, for the client, it was such a confirmation of the love and the, uh, the uh, importance that her grandmother felt towards her. So what I'm saying is that these stories um, enforce the reader and each of us to take seriously the messages that we receive from spirit.
0: And so, so how do you think that would change, you know, how we um, behave in community if we were individually doing that?
1: Well, let's say that you have a vision for the community and you can take it seriously. If you have a, a vision for somebody else's health and you communicate with that, you're not dismissing it. That could change. That can change people's lives you know i i I'm writing about a story about their um, about a vision that I had here in long distance viewing when I was sitting in my uh my home in New York and I had this vision that I see river of gold gold in the schwa community in the amazon and um it was right by the anacondas, pool in a, in a place that I did not see before now I went down to, uh, to Ecuador to, to the Amazon to speak to them about that because I felt that this, this uh, gold can really help them to uh, better their life and, and have more control over their life and, and maybe get their oil companies out of that out of that area. Now I was sitting in New York City, but the vision was so alive, so strong. When I went down there, the vision was absolutely true. They all knew about that pool. They all knew about the anaconda. They all knew about the gold um, pieces there in the in the in the in the river. What they done with it? They they I don't know with the, with what what I've seen, but it could have change their community um, if they had chosen to use this vision or not.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 So, um, is there, so, one of the things about the book is, is uh, talking about, you know, as you talked about a little bit earlier in the show, is just sort of this coming to understand how much of a interface or exchange there is between the seen and unseen actually going on every day. Yes. So, so what was like the hardest thing for you to come to terms with believing was actually going on?
1: Well, I think that my first encounter, I mean, I had, of course, doubts every time that I've seen something, but I think my first encounter were really in the swar, when I was with the swar and I had a, a ceremony uh, with a with a shaman uh, daniel Wachapa who 's a shuar shaman or or a and um I had a physical experience of the anaconda and the jaguar power animals that he had used in the healing um I really experienced them entering into my body and doing the cleansing work. And when, I, when the, the, the healing ceremony was over, he sucked the, the ayahuasca out of me. Uh, he put his, uh, his lips over my heart and he sucked all the ayahuasca in my, my head and my body totally cleared. I could not really accept that. I could not understand how that happened. I knew it happened because I felt it physically in my body. And later on, he was telling me exactly what he did. But I could not bring it together that his vision and my physical body worked itself together to bring healing for me. I was so depressed of this discovery for eight months. I was just like, couldn't bring my, I couldn't bring my mind to, 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 to under, to accept that. But I think what happened to me later on is that I just gave up. I decided that it, that is true. I cannot really contest it. It it happened, and I just have to accept that mystery. Just have to accept that this is true. That's that was the hardest thing for me to uh, to accept. That how did the anaconda came into my anus, into my digestive system, went through into my throat, and the jaguar came and ate all the gunk out. How that can be? I could not understand that.
0: Okay, so then, so then you were depressed for a while, and then you, <laughs> then, so then you, then you, sort of gave up, right? And so then, what changed once you kind of gave up fighting with it?
1: Well, I just surrender to that experience, and I think that that's that's the hardest thing for our logical mind in the West, in the Western civilization, is to surrender. To surrender to spirit, to surrender to our experiences, to not to try to understand, because you see the people in the Andes or in the people in the um, jungles, they don't try to understand. They know that it's a magical, mysterious world. They're not trying to make sense of the world. They know it exists. So they're strug- They don't have that struggle like us we have to really change our mind we really have to change the way we perceive or we learn to perceive our world through our schooling through our intellectual logical mind that's that's really the big journey is to to start feel from the heart and to to start accepting the unknown the the mystery the these forces of the universe.
0: (laughs) So what do you think, um, you know, for you, what's kind of like your favorite part of working with the unseen world?
1: Huh. For me, I'm always in awe. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I wouldn't say shocked, but I mean, awe in the mystery of that like, like a, a client comes to me and um, with her she brings she brings four beautiful women ancestors around her and they all talking they all want to get my attention to tell me that she needs to be a shaman and she doesn't want to be a shaman Let her, tell her that she has to do this work and for me, to, the ability to relay this message to this woman who always feared that she is uh, possessed by spirit, and she didn't understand that those spirits are trying to communicate with her—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's amazing to me. It's such a a, a beautiful um, gift and uh, ability to change people's lives. I just, I'm, I'm very. Um, every time that you know, I see these visions, I'm, I'm so grateful for this connection.
0: <laughs> so, um, with that, then you know, he, part of one of the things you're expressing in the book is that um, shamanic practices help humans stay humane. Yes. You talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, I. I think that um, right now we have a big challenge and a challenge of the advanced technological or digital society that we are all pretty much uh, glued 18 hours a day to small screens, uh, iPhones, iPads, um, now iWatch, and all of those uh, instruments that really makes our life easier. But on the other hand, it, um, it creates flat world all around us. Nobody that I know of today can remember 10, 15 phone numbers of their family or best friends. It's something that we used to remember 60 of them. Um, we don't remember, We don't need to remember history. we don't have to really. Uh, put our hands outside the window and ex- and 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 uh, and feel the weather. We, I mean, everything there now is on the, our, our iPhone, and it's creating such a uh, um, lazy mind in many ways uh, that I believe that it's uh, deter our sensual experience of the world, and uh, I I truly believe that. There is a danger that we are—I uh, call it the big shutdown of the senses—that we are we shutting down our senses. We don't have to to really experience the world, in, in, and it's all magnificent with the the, the unseen world, the the uh, the seen world. We don't have to experience all of that, and I, I'm I'm worried because that ability to interact between all of those thing, worlds really gave humans the abilities to survive all these millions of years and i i'm afraid that people would not continue to um, t- to have that uh, ability mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It may, be, may maybe it's pessimistic but i i i'm not a pessimistic person I, i'm a very uh, i think that i'm uh, optimistic, But I think that if you look, at, if you look now, uh, the biggest, from Shaman Portal, I can see that the data. Most of the people that come or participate in workshops and looking for, for information about Shamanism come from the Bay Area and from New York City and Europe. Uh, some Canada, but it's from the biggest urban areas. And, and I believe that they, they are the most educated, most technologically advanced, and they all feel the need to connect back to nature, to connect back to their sixth sense, to shamanism. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a coincidence that all those people are yearning for something else. We are, we are yearning for uh, direct connection with spirit. We are not uh Any more believing in um in in the in the wisdom of the of government or big corporations so we are not we are definitely not um, believing anymore with the big religion uh dogmas we want something else we want something that is connecting us to direct communication with spirit
0: and so so um What's your sense then about okay? So let's say someone's kind of listening and they're excited. Like, what would be the first few things that they could do um, to use use, as you said, these these sort of quote unquote shamanic skills that are really an extension of our natural capacity? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, to to begin to reengage that sensory life. You know, given that most of us aren't going to give up our phone. Right, so, so how do we balance it? How can we use these shamanic skills within our contemporary life to bring that sensual life back?
1: Well, I, I think that first, if you are not the shamanic practitioners or if you are not uh, versed in, the sh- in shamanism, I, I would recommend you to, um, to, to go find a good teacher or a good uh, shamanic circle, uh, places where you can experience that and express that without fear. I think that uh, what what makes people uh, uh, afraid of that is the fear that people will look at them and they are crazy. Like, you know, my 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 wolf said to me, or oh, my uh, power animal said to me to do this or that. You know, they they you know. What, what I say for, for people who take workshops is uh, many times is that, uh, congratulations, now you have a power animal, and you are now officially crazy in our society. Right. So I, th- I think we need like-minded community around us to share these experiences with, trust them, and act for, on the messages that you receive from spirit. Now, I can say in, in another way, go and hug a tree. Go find a, uh, a, and feel and, and speak to the tree. Go and, and be in nature. Go to swim, to, to be with water. Move, dance, ex- experience what, um, what your body is telling you. Listen to what the body says. Uh, there's so many different ways you can, um, uh, you can I- experience the sensual world. And then also make yourself a day or a few hours a day that you don't look at your computer and you don't look at your iPhone and that you are disconnecting from from uh from the media you know that run after us all the time and I think that most of it is just be uh be conscious to the to your inner voice to uh um, to to your to your con- uh, communication to to nature.
0: And then is there, is there something you would suggest for people that, you know, learned a journey years ago and their, their practice is just kind of flat, you know, but they're feeling that big sensory shutdown and, and wanting more? Is there something you would encourage to these people, that you know, that have some some basic skills, what they could do uh, to engage kind of? Yep.
1: Yeah, what I found out that a lot of people that started to do journey work, uh, they go home and they put their C- the CD on and they lay down and they do it uh, the first week, the second week, and later on they get. I wouldn't I wouldn't say lazy, but you know, they something didn't come up to them and they 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 give up. What I found out that works the most is if you can find yourself a. A weekly or monthly shamanic circle, because uh, when you when you do this work with in a community, which is big part of the shamanic work, um, then something happens. There is a magic when you are working in a community, which is what we really need to um, to build a shamanic community.
0: Well, talk a little bit about the New York Circle, real quick.
1: Uh, the New York Sh- uh, Circle came. After my big depression uh, in the Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I needed a place where I can share these experiences uh, without fear that people will look at me like, like I'm a nutcase. And so after a workshop um, with um, uh, David and Nan Mose, um, we we started a, a circle. Now it's uh, almost 18 years or something like that. Um, and we we uh, we created like a core group, uh, eight or ten people that are meeting once a week to do this work. We we do journey work. We um, we we work with spirit. We do some healing for ourselves, and then uh, every month we have different uh, circles. We have a women's circle, healing circles, nature circle, film circles, uh, music healing circle. Um, and then we bring different shamans uh, to uh, work with us, uh, and you were one of them, to give uh, people more education and more uh, channels to, to use these um, experiences. And what I think that it's so beautiful about it, we have about 60 events a year. What I think that's so beautiful about it is that some of the people that started with us uh, some years ago started their own circles, they started to be their own healers they are becoming uh, trip leaders so there is a it's it's, a, it's spreading and i think that we are a hub we are uh the core maybe of the shamanic community in new york but we are incredibly grateful that people are opening their own and spreading the word
0: so it's how can people in this sort of greater new york area connect with the new york circle
1: they have to um go to our website nyshamaniccircle.org and um and send us be on our mailing list uh, they will get uh, a few emails a month uh, about different events at different workshops different circles um at, and and uh, I mean it's a beautiful community that we have here people with us for all these years and new people are coming and the interest now is is uh, is quite uh, heartwarming to see so many people are seeking this connection, and a lot of young people. You know, I, I I'm I want to say something about young people because I was working uh, quite a lot uh, a few years back with uh, students uh, in high schools and and colleges and places like this because I think that it's so important to uh, have young children experience working with. Uh, with power animals and spirit and dance it and move it and, and, um, and embrace it. It's, a, it's an incredibly important and, and I'm really encouraging all practitioners to, to find teachers who are willing to give them uh, an hour or two to work with the children in those schools.
0: Beautiful. Okay. And so um, I also wanted to circle back around. So as we were saying, Itzalak's leading um a new teleseminar series at Evolver. It's called How Visions Heal, Shamanic Practices for Mind and Body. And the first session is May 18th. So, uh, and registration is live at Evolver now. Um, So that's uh, um, how you would connect in with that. And as I said, you can um, email Itzhak if you have questions at I, the letter I, Beery, B-E-E-R-Y, um, at gmail.com and if you are interested in Isak's book, The Gift of Shamanism, you can just google that um, <laughs> www.thegiftof good marketing there <laughs> the gift of shamanism dot com and it'll take you right to a page which will offer you many avenues by which to acquire your own copy of the book so Ithak, thank you so much for joining us here today
1: oh my pleasure always. Yeah. And
0: uh, I want to thank your, th- your ancestors for organizing things that you could be with us here now <laughs> uh, on the planet in this ever so uh, interesting and challenging a time. So I give thanks to the ancestors, human and non-human, as they gather around us. Thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Um, for those of you that are interested in classes, you can go to lastmasscenter.org. There is a new clearing class that will be offered in uh, Sedona, Arizona, coming up in June. The information is not quite on the site yet, but it's coming. And we are very close to full for Mass of illusion this year. So if you are interested in coming, you need to register this week. Not only is the discount period ending, but we're filling up. So um, you can register through the lastmasscenter.org site. So thank you, everyone. Have a great week.